Hi guys, uh, Pastor Greg Corcoran here from Battlefield Baptist Church. Uh, pray that this sermon is a blessing, an encouragement, and a challenge to you in your walk with the Lord. Additionally, I just wanted to say that if we here at Battlefield can ever be a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. And the best way to do that is through our website at battlefieldbaptist.org. Again, I pray this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and uh, that you'll fall more in love with God, more in love with his word, and more in love with people. Thank you so much. Uh, man, it's already been good this morning. Amen. And uh, wasn't the children's choir just a blessing? Man, what a, great, what a great job they did, Jackie, all those that helped with the kids. They just did a phenomenal job. And the teenagers, how about the Parade of Nations? Amen. And Megan and Travis and all those that had a part in that. What a blessing it is to, I'll be honest with you. Uh, when the kids were singing, I was just crying. That that would be our heart, that the Lord would break us once again for the nations. That the Lord would just do something here today that only he could do. And so uh, I'm so grateful that you're here today. And certainly we know we have some that are under the weather and some who are not feeling well today, I pray that they are able to watch online and be a part of this uh, blessing, this service today. And uh, I'm very excited for you and uh, for us to be able to co-labor with missionaries all around the world. And, and uh, we've been able to uh, get to spend time with our missionary partners and then also a new family uh, that the Lord has just been working in their life over the past many years. And uh, uh, have not been in, in full-time ministry, always been serving the Lord, but not really in full-time ministry uh, until a couple years ago, the Lord had just laid it on their heart. Um, really, you never know what the Lord's going to do. Similar to my story, I uh, served and then retired out of the military and then went to Bible college, and uh, it's, it's amazing what the Lord does, but i um, very thankful uh, for the Adams family. And uh, I know, dun, 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 dun. all right, I'm very thankful for, yes, thank you, Kevin, for the reminder. Uh, he's over there snapping when I said the Adams family. Uh, but uh, would you do me a favor? I'm going to have Kevin come, and he's going to uh, speak to us this morning from the Word of God. I know it'll be an encouragement, a blessing, and a challenge. Would you welcome Kevin Adams this morning as he speaks to us? Thanks so much, Pastor. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to be here with you guys at Battlefield Baptist Church. And I'd be remiss if I didn't start off by just saying thank you. Uh, and, and the words, you know, fall short. They really do. But this church has been such a blessing. I know not just to our family, but the Cindy's and Kumar's as well. And, and uh, we know that you love missions. And we know that you really care for and love missionaries. And uh, you guys have been such a blessing to our children uh, that's been so exciting, and and I, I pastor kind of took a little bit of what I was going to say this morning, but uh, man, the, these kids singing praises to the Lord and talking about going, talking about being sent out uh, to the harvest, and uh, and that is that's that's the truth. That's what we're commanded to do, isn't it? And so that was just such an encouragement, uh, just touched my heart, and I thought. Wow, it's, it's so true. And I hope and I pray that these kids think about those words. I think about that when we sing praises to God's name, that we think about what those words are really saying. 
what that's doing in our hearts and in our lives. And I hope and pray that maybe God will call out, even from this congregation, but even from these kids, this next generation, as we like to call it, missionaries, co-laborers, those that are willing to take the gospel. You know, we, we need more pastors and we need more missionaries. And so I pray that that's the thing. I, I, I always kind of talk about this statistic, but it's the truth that for every four missionaries that are coming off of the field right now, only one missionary is coming up to take their place. Those numbers are not sustainable. I truly believe that, that Jesus is still calling. The Holy Spirit is still leading. I think it's us who have become comfortable and us who are saying that I'm not willing to go. And I pray that that's not the heart of Battlefield Baptist. And I really don't believe it is. And I, I'm so excited, like I said, to be here with you uh, this morning and to, to just share with you some, some challenges and some thoughts from God's word. Um, I thought about the fact that this conference's title, you know, we, we talked about it all week, but it's driven by love, driven by love. And then it, then it makes me think, well, what are we driven by? What drives us? The world is driven by money, by fame, by success. That's how they measure what, what's important to them. And I pray that that's not our heart. Um, but to be transparent with you, honestly, that's how Stacy and I and our family was just a few years ago. We thought the success was going to bring happiness and fulfillment. And I, I want to always be clear, Pastor mentioned this, we were still in church. We were still faithful. We were still serving the Lord. But he wanted more from us. And it took us a while to understand that we needed to surrender, that we needed to, to think about what was driving us. And, and, and I pray that it's, it's not what the world says. I pray that that's not our hearts. And I think about that even when the world, when society is telling us that all these things are, are what are going to bring us happiness or fulfillment, I think about the fact that it still just leaves a void that only can be filled by Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and so we have to remember what is driving us. Is it the big house and the multiple cars and the large bank account? Uh, is, it, is it all of those things? Or is it the souls that we've been singing about the, that are around the world, the harvest that is ready? And, and I love the choir special song. That is one of my favorite songs, His Life for mine. We sometimes take for granted the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And so I do want to encourage us this morning. I want to think about how we can be driven by love. Our motivation should be bringing glory and honor to God in what we say and in what we do. And, and I pray that we're not distracted in that. So the, you know, I, I think about that in this world, we focus so much on the negative, right? Yeah. If you turn on the news, primarily you're going to see negative information. If you go to social media, 
you're usually going to see negative information. There's everything is just so negative. It just brings you down, doesn't it? Uh, I think James and I were talking and we just kind of turn off the TV and say, I don't want to know what the news is saying. Uh, but the, the truth is, is that I want to show us some, some encouragement, some challenges from God's word for us to maybe change our perspective a little bit. Um, when, I, when I think about the, the number one word that is used in the, in the English language is actually the word the. Okay, so the second most common word that's used in the English language is the word no. And from the day that we're born, we hear the word no a lot, right? We hear it every day. And uh, I did a quick Google search, and we all know that everything that you find on the internet is correct, right? Just clarifying that up front. But I did a Google search, and Google said that for a toddler from the ages of about two to four, they hear the word no approximately 400 times a day. 400 times a day. Now, if you were my children, you probably heard it way more than that because they are awful. I'm just kidding. They are wonderful children. People keep telling me to stop saying that joke, but I love that joke. Um, but we hear the word no all the time. And, and, and so I thought about, okay, if we stop focusing on the negative, maybe we can look at some examples in scripture of how we can stop saying no and start saying yes. Start saying yes to Jesus. Start saying yes to serving him. And start saying yes to even missions. Getting involved in missions or maybe even surrendering to be a missionary. Like, I, I want us to be able to look at some examples and say, I want to be able to say yes. I want to be able to, to look and say, this is what God wants me to do. And so I, I, I thought about this, that we, one day we didn't just wake up one morning and say, ta-da, we are missionaries today. Uh, there's a, there is a process. And I always try to say, hey, go back with me in time. And when I was six years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I realized I was a sinner. I was doing things that were wrong. And they were separating me from Jesus Christ. And I thought about the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I accepted him as my savior, followed the Lord and believers' baptism. I said yes to that next step. So then after that, what are you going to do? I'm six years old. I'm a kid. You know, what, what are you going to do? So I started looking for opportunities that God was providing for me to say yes to take the next step. And that next step was just doing little things. Uh, maybe tearing down tables, uh, carrying chairs. Um, in the youth department, I used to try to carry as many chairs as I could to be able to impress the women, right? Impress the ladies. I, I impressed her enough to get, get a wife, yes. Uh, no. but, uh, so, so, but that was an opportunity for me to say yes. I could have sat there. I could have done nothing. But I said yes to those little things. And then guess what? God brought new opportunities, and then I was able to say yes to working in the bus ministry. Then I was able to say yes to working with the children in our Awana program, Bible memorization. Uh, then I was able to say yes to working in junior church. And then I was able to say yes to working with young adults. But each one of those, I could have said no, right? We have the option to say no. 
But if you really, truly think about what Jesus did for us, what he sacrificed for us, shouldn't that be all the motivation we need to say yes to that next step? And I encourage you to get involved, to do those things. But like I said, I didn't wake up. I, I, there was a process that was involved. And so through those acts of saying yes, through those opportunities, God was providing training for us to be able to say yes when he called us to be missionaries. We were able to say yes, not because then we looked back and said, oh, we should have started a long time ago, but the Lord was faithful and he was encouraging us to remain faithful to him. And he had been providing and training and all of those things that we did, the college and career class, the, the young adults, the bus ministry, all these different ministries we were involved, even my kids, they were serving the Lord on their own volition. I was not paying them and I was not forcing them, okay? But they were choosing to go work with the preschoolers. They were working with the kids' choir. They were working in, they were serving in actually the adult choir. They, they were serving anywhere that they had the opportunity to say yes. But still, they had to say yes. And so this morning, I wanna look at a couple examples of scripture of how everyone here, even those that are watching online, can learn to say yes to Jesus. That's what we're gonna look at. So first, if you could turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter four, Matthew chapter four. The first example that we're gonna look at is about attitude. So this is the first example that we're gonna look at is attitude. So Matthew chapter four, I wanna always provide context for the, the passage that we're gonna read. And here, we're seeing that Jesus is just been tempted by Satan he quoted scripture to say, get thee behind me, and, and he moved forward, and he's beginning his earthly ministry. Jesus is now going to start his, his path to the cross. So this is the beginning of his earthly ministry. So, But again, the example that I want to look at for the idea of saying yes is about attitude, or even willingness, but the attitude. So in Matthew chapter 4, let's start reading together in verse 18. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And it says, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. Thank you for allowing us to be able to read your word. We ask that you would just help us to remain focused for just these few minutes that we can learn to take the opportunity to say yes to you, yes to what you want us to do. Lord, we ask that you would all help us to be driven by love, help us to put our faith and trust in you. And Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity, to be honest. 
And we just ask all this in your precious and holy name, Jesus. Amen. So we see here in scripture that the attitude of these men that were being called out by Jesus, that attitude was that of willingness, right? Because these men could have said no because they had their own professions. They had their careers. One is even, you know, the, the sons of thunder, you know, sons of Zebedee, they are even with their father doing, the, doing their profession. They could have said no. But what's amazing is that the Bible says that they straightway let down their, uh, you know, let down their nets, followed him. Or, uh, you know, a little bit further down says they immediately. It's a, you know, same, same translation, same word, but it's saying that they, they understood that they were not qualified for, to follow Jesus. They knew that they were not learned men, right? They were, they were just fishers. As the Bible says, they were fishers. And he says unto them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So I, I think about this. My father is a semi-professional bass fisherman. I say semi-professional because he does run a tournament a couple times a year. He fishes like every day is what it seems like. Um, but he is, it's sponsored by Bass Pro. So if you're able to be sponsored by Bass Pro, I'm saying that you're probably at least a kind of legitimate so I was like, wow, you know, the fishers and fishers of men. And I thought, you know what? I'm also a fisherman, dad. That's what I told him. And I said, but I'm fishing for compliments. <laughs> you thought I was going to say fishers of men. I know. But uh, the idea here is that they, they had a profession. They knew what they were going to do. They, they had it. But they, their attitude was that of being willing. They saw the opportunity. They didn't know all the details it was going to come with. They didn't know how it was going to play out, right? But they were willing to say yes. They, and, and, and I think so often, you know, I, I look at my life and I wish that I could have said yes the moment God started working in my heart. But to be honest with you, I struggled a little bit because I was successful and I had done real estate for 20 years and Stacy had done occupational therapy and we thought we had the American dream. So we, we, you know, but I, I love the fact that they were willing to say yes, even when they didn't understand it all. And I hope that that can be our motivation as well. I hope that we can maybe not have to understand everything. When I think about faith promise, I think about th things that don't make a lot of sense sometimes. When I look at my budget and I look at my money, and then I look at what I believe God has laid on my heart to give back to him, which is his anyway. We'll talk about that. But when I, when I think about that, on paper, that does not add up. Sometimes when I'm looking towards the end of the month, I say, if I give this, then how am I going to pay this or that or all of this? You know, like, what am I supposed to do? But when we step out in faith, and we say that this is what God has laid on my heart to give to faith promise. We have to trust, we have to have faith that he's gonna be the one that provides that. And I will tell you, I thought I understood living by faith, being a real estate agent. 
okay? Because sometimes you're like, I don't know where my next closing's coming from. Do you want to buy a house? Do you? Do you? Uh, but it turned from, from that to stepping out in faith to say, Lord, I give you everything. I give you everything so that I can take the gospel to another country. That's stepping out by faith. And maybe God is calling someone here this morning to do that same thing. And maybe you just need to get out of your own way. Maybe you need to surrender and you need to say, you know what? I'm willing to say yes. I don't know how it looks. I don't understand it all but I'm willing to say yes. So that's the, you know, the first example, like I said, that we're looking at is that attitude, that attitude of willingness. But I wanna look at a second example here in scripture, and that second example is about the ability, ability. So if you could, turn with me back into the Old Testament and go with me to Exodus chapter four. Exodus chapter four. So again, always important to have that context. So this is a conversation between God and Moses. And this is, a, this is a conversation that God is having with Moses when he is calling him out to a specific purpose. Now remember, Jesus just called out these men and they immediately said yes. They let down their nets, they left behind their careers and they followed him. Here, we're going to look at an example where God's even demonstrating his power to Moses. Throw down your rod, your staff, it turns into a snake. Now pick it back up and it's a staff again. Put your hand into your jacket pocket, pull it out, there's leprosy, put it back in, the leprosy's gone. He is showing his power to Moses. And what I want to look at is I want to look at a human response to what God was saying. Okay, so if you're there with me, Exodus chapter 4, and we're going to start reading in verse 10, because this is where Moses' response comes in. So, uh, so Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Now pause with me there for a second. I always like to point out the fact that this might be the most eloquently worded verse in the Old Testament of somebody trying to say that I don't speak so good and I don't think I'm qualified for this. I'm like, Moses, you should have used smaller words. No, but the truth is, is how often do we have those excuses? How often do we say, I'm not ready, I'm not qualified, I don't, you know, like whatever it is, fill in the blank. We, we do this. But what I want to do is I want to keep reading because I want to look at God's response to what Moses said. It starts in verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. So when we look at this, the example here is about abilities, right? Ability. Oh my goodness. I can't say this enough, but when I started, I used this excuse myself. I hate to say it, but it's true. And I'm like, there's even a scriptural example about not to say this. And I was saying it. I'm like, I'm not qualified. I didn't finish Bible college back when I was a 
a teenager. Um, waited until I was an older adult. Um, no, but uh, the, the, the thing is, is that uh, what I love is that Moses is focusing on himself, right? He's not wanting to say yes right away like the disciples did because he's focused on himself. He's not focused on God. And when he changes his focus, because I, I love what the Lord says here. He's like, listen, I've made all of this. I am in, in control. I am the one who has the power here. And he gives him an instruction and he says, go. And we see in scripture, right? New Testament, what are we commanded to do? We're commanded by Jesus to go. And I love this because he says, go and I will give you the words to say. And the truth is, is that that's what I have to remember every time I speak in front of anyone. That it is not me. It's not about me getting honor, me getting praise. It's not about my words. It's about God and him getting the glory and him getting the honor and the praise and him giving me the words to say. And I've seen this on deputation because there are some times that I will all of a sudden say something completely different and my children will be like, what was that? And it's amazing because that, you know, being led by the Holy Spirit, him giving the words to say, that it speaks to someone's heart who's sitting out here or, or watching online where they say, I never thought of it like that, or that's so true, and maybe I should surrender, or maybe I should step out by faith, or maybe I should just look for an opportunity to say yes and start moving forward. And so when I think about that, I think about Moses, and I wanna make sure to be clear that you know he's arguing with God, he's, he's not quite sure that he has the ability and all that, but what's amazing is that when he goes before Pharaoh, he has Aaron by his side, right? Jesus, God gives him Aaron to go with him. But when he goes before Pharaoh, Moses is the one that does the talking because God's the one that sent him and God's the one that gave him the words to say. And so I absolutely love that. So we see that the first example is about attitude. The disciples immediately saying yes. The second example was about ability where Moses struggled a little bit, but he still followed through. But I want to look at one more example. The third example that we're going to look at is about actions. So turn with me one more time back over to the New Testament. Go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Now, it, uh, this, it wouldn't be a missions conference if we didn't talk about the woman at the well, right? That, that's a, that's a staple, staple story. But what I want to look at is something a little different. So we know that Jesus knew there was a divine appointment. We know that he says that, we, uh, that I must needs go through Samaria. Everybody else would have gone around Samaria because they hated Samaria. All the Jews hated them. But Jesus knew that he had a divine appointment with this woman. He knew that there was a life that was going to be changed. And so they go into Samaria, they go to Jacob's well, they have that conversation where she, he asks for water, she's like, whoa, I'm a woman and you're a Jew, why are you talking to me? You know, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, but then she says, then, you know, he's like, if you would understand that I have the living water, 
I have eternal life. I have something that could change your life forever. And she still tried to change the subject. Then she started talking about, well, where do we worship? In Samaria or Jerusalem? And, and then, but I love the fact that she starts asking and she says, you know, we're waiting for the Messiah to come. We're waiting for the Messiah. And his response is that he is the Messiah. I love that we sang the great I am. You know, he, what, he is the great I am. And, I, and, I, and he says here that, you know, hey, I am, I am the only thing that can change your life. I am the only one that can provide you with salvation, with eternal life. But I want to look at her actions. I want to see what she, how she responds. So in John chapter 4, go with me to verse 28. Verse 28. And in verse 28, it says, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things ever, that ever I did. Is not this the Christ, the Messiah? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. So pause me through there for just a second. The actions are proof, right? She put down her water pot. She immediately went back to the town to share her story. She went to tell them how her life had been changed, how Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Christ. And she was inviting them all to come out. And I think anybody in Scripture, uh, there's a few, but this one here in Scripture is a perfect example where somebody could have said, I'm not qualified. No one's going to listen to me. She was out there in the middle of the day because she was an outcast because of all the husbands that she had had, because of all the, the choices that she had made in her life. But you know what she did? She put down the water pot, she said yes, and she went into the town and she told them about Jesus. And I think so often, how often are we willing to even just go outside of this building to tell people about Jesus? How often are we willing to go across the street or across the town but really, also, how often are we willing to go around the world? That's, that's what we've been commanded to do. And our actions are our proof that we have been changed, that our life has been changed. And I want to look at Jesus' response. You know, the, the, the men show back up. They were off getting food. Uh, if you go over there now in this area of Samaria near Jacob's Well, there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken. So they probably went there is what I'm thinking, but the, maybe not. But in verse 35, in verse 35, uh, Jesus' response to the disciples when he's talking to them, he says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. There are people here and all around the world that are ready to hear about Jesus. They're ready to hear about the gospel so that they can respond and their lives can be changed. Every one of these examples, when they said yes, when they took that step of faith, their lives were all changed. They were used of God in an amazing way. And I think if we're just willing to say yes, 
then how can God use us? How can he use us to further his kingdom? How can he use us to share the gospel here and around the world? You know, we must put our faith into action. Our pastor always says that you can't steer a parked car. You have to be moving. If it's parked, you're just moving the wheels back and forth and nothing's happening. So when I thought about driven by love, I thought, how appropriate. You can't steer a parked car. You've got to be moving. You've got to be looking for opportunities to say yes. And as you're moving, then God can direct you in the way that he wants you to go. But if we're just sitting still, we're not doing anything at all, then how is he going to be able to move us? How is he going to be able to direct us if we're not moving? And so I, I think about this. What can we do? What can I do? And what can you do? How can we be driven by love? How can we be driven by faith? We have to realize that we are just stewards of what God has given us. He is the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? He is the one that owns it all, and we are just taking care of it. So when we're stepping out by faith and giving, it's not ours in the first place. But we think it is. We try to hold on to it like it is. So I think about this. Start by saying yes. The first thing that we should say yes to is a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior, that is the first thing that we need to say yes to. And then we need to look for opportunities to say yes and follow him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for allowing us to be able to read your word. And thank you for these examples in scripture of how we can say yes to you. How we can look for opportunities to bring you honor and to bring you glory. Lord, we just thank you for this admissions conference. We ask that you just help us to be driven by faith. That when we fill out these commitment cards, that we are willing to say, it's not mine, Lord. It's yours. What do you want me to do? How can I trust you to provide? And Lord, we just ask that you would just be with those here, that if they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, or if they, they, they need to step out, they need to join the church, they need to follow the Lord and believers' baptism, whatever it is that you're calling them to do, maybe it's even to surrender to whatever you have in their lives. Maybe it's to follow you and be a missionary and take the, the gospel to the uttermost. Whatever it is, we ask that during this time of invitation, that people would be willing to respond. They'd be willing to come down and, and just lay it at your feet to give it to you. And we ask all this, Lord, in your precious and holy name.